This morning we uh, share together in scripture from the epistle of Paul to the Colossians, to the Christians in Colossae. That was a village. It was not a big city, but it was a village about a hundred miles east of Ephesus, if you're checking Google right now, okay? It is, uh, it is an interesting location. Find it on a map, and uh, you'll be interested to sort of see where he was writing and where he had visited. But I want us to read the scripture together. Uh, you'll find the words to these two verses on the screen. Let's, let's share in reading this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Imagine just a moment what Mary must have felt as she welcomed Jesus into her life, her joy, the mystery of what she was experiencing. You remember that a news, news came to her from an angel who said, you are going to bear a child. And she spoke to the angel and said, whatever God wishes to do with my life, I want to participate in that, which was a profoundly important thing. But it did not explain all of what God was going to do through her. And she, as she was experiencing this time of waiting, she was looking expectantly into herself, to her own being, literally. Now, one of the fascinating stories is one that we have shared together in Scripture in worship just recently, and that is that she went to visit her relative, Elizabeth, who was expecting a child as well. And when she arrived, Elizabeth's child, whom you know, I know by name, he was John the Baptizer, he actually leapt in her womb. Now, I've never had that experience, but I have felt that experience before. And it is incredible to feel a baby move. Tell me, do you have that connection before birth occurs? It is, it is wonderful to embrace the idea of a child before that child is born. Most of the time, parents have already thought up the names that they want to give their children before they arrive. They become these persons that draw you into their lives even before you can hold them in your arms. But once they are here, life becomes absolutely magical. You remember the shepherds came telling that they had received a message from the angel as well. And the scripture says 
that when the shepherds told everything that had, they had seen and heard, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. She kept things in her heart because she knew it was the beginning of many a confirmation of who Jesus was going to be. I, it's almost a classic Christmas song now in Christian circles, but Mary Did You Know is a song that came out a few years back. Uh, Mark Lowry, believe it or not, is the author of that song. Buddy Green, who lives in Macon and spends a lot of time in Nashville as well, but Buddy Green actually wrote the music for that song. And uh, in fact, his mother lives where my father lives in Macon at Carlisle Place. And so dad sees him occasionally in the hallways there of his apartment building. It's an incredible question. Mary, did you know? I have a feeling that, that God was giving small doses of what all of this meant over the course of the beginning of her relationship with Jesus and that she was absorbing just as much as she could by the day. Paul's letter to the church at Colossae was this suggesting to them that they needed to be completely focused on the idea of who Jesus was. Even though there is much distance between who he is and who our understanding of him might be, that you and I need to devote our lives to receiving Christ into our being, into our hearts, Christ in us. The story is told of Gregory of Nyssa, who is this 4th century mystic within Eastern Orthodox tradition. He plumbed the depths of Trinitarian theology. And one of the things that he is reported to have said on more than one occasion, when I think about one, I think about the three. And when I think about the three, I think about the one, talking about Jesus and the Spirit and the Father. And he says, soon my eyes fill with tears and I lose sense, all sense, of who I am. Christ in us is what this is about. Paul uses the words that the word of Christ may live in you richly. That this might be everything to you. That we might find ourselves filled to overflowing with this Christmas story, this life of Christ come to be among us. Expressions of praise to God need to be sung, however. You and I preserve too much of this in our hearts. Uh, John Wesley used to 
give instructions in his hymnals. And in fact, there is still an instruction in our hymnal today that everybody present is to sing. You're not just singing so that everybody can hear you singing, but do not use the excuse that you don't know how to sing or you cannot carry a tune. He makes that specific in his instructions that everybody is to sing. Now, you may have given yourself many an excuse not to sing and told yourself that other people don't need to hear you sing. But we learn from each other in the singing. And in fact, you learn from the singing. Our granddaughter, Ruby, is coming to town on Tuesday. Have I told you that my granddaughter, Ruby, is coming to town on Tuesday? <laughs> Have I told you that, I know Sue knows this, our granddaughter, Ruby, is coming to town on Tuesday. And we we're a little bit excited about that. She learns from songs all the time. We love to sing with her. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And she'll do it. She's old enough. She's got that down. And if you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. You should hear her holler, amen. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. She's learning this stuff. It doesn't take but just a little bit of encouragement. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. How difficult would it be to learn the alphabet if we didn't have that song? These songs teach us. Heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. She's got that one down too. You know what her favorite song right now is? Silent night. Holy night. Because her daddy has sung it to her every night since she was born. It's her favorite song. Do you think she's learning anything from that? I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that she's picking up on the story. I knew a young family in my first church, the first church that I served, the mother loved to sing. There were two boys in the family and the daddy. The daddy never sang a thing. He would sit there and worship like a stump, a, a stump a, not on a log. He would not, he would not break a smile. He would just, he, he just was not going to sing. Well, the older boy, he sat there just like his daddy. The younger boy, oh, he sat right next to his mama. And when she got out the hymnal, oh, he wanted to help hold the hymnal. He wanted to sing the songs even before he knew the words. He loved to sing. I was at that church several years. Sadly enough, you know what I saw happen? He began to look at how his daddy did church. And before long, there were three in that family that were not opening their mouth when it came time to sing in worship. 
I may be stepping on toes here. Don't, don't think that I pay attention right up here to who's singing and not. But I believe it is an opportunity for us that we can miss if we're so focused on not doing it. Our voices need to be this expression of gratitude to God. The word of God must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There is this expression of praise that you and I need. I was in a Christian bookstore when it started to rain. I looked out and I thought to myself, how am I going to make it to the car without getting soaked? I had not brought an umbrella in. And I was worrying over this. And all of a sudden, I realized that a mother was heading out the door with her child. And I thought, they're going to make a run for it in all of this rain. No. They were just going out into the parking lot. I stood there and watched them for 10 minutes jumping in every puddle they could find, celebrating the moment that God had given. You and I are called to be a people of gratitude. Are we missing that moment? It is amazing what you can do with sparklers and a little effort. These people have spelled out the name Jesus with theirs. I bet that took a lot of practice. But the thing that is so beautiful about this scene to me is that it cannot be done by just one person. One person might could make an S or a U or an E, but it takes at least five people to spell out the name Jesus with sparklers. Paul was concerned. Paul was concerned. Not that we simply have Christ in our individual hearts. His concern was that the church was missing the opportunity to collectively be a blessing to each other. A few verses before the passage that we read this morning, this is what he says. Therefore is God's choice... Holy in love, put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint, forgive each other as the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And though even we have titled this sermon this morning, Christ in You. Maybe it ought to be Christ in y'all because I think that's what Paul was getting at. Christ in us as we gather. You might think to yourself, I don't want to sing. That is not the question. Do you need to sing for your own expression and so that someone else can hear you at least croaking out an effort 
John Wesley said, go for it. Go for it. It doesn't matter what you sound like, because to God it all sounds good. Whatever you do, let it be in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks because he seeks to be in us all. As we 